0: Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. Hey, welcome back. This is John Eldridge, Craig McConnell, here again as we're talking about how Jesus looked at life. Kind of in contrast to how we look at life, we're talking about core assumptions that we bring to the world and the way that we interpret it. And I, I'm cracking up at how difficult our first uh, set of recordings was. I mean, we were stammering, hemming, hawing, oh. back and forth. Um, I thought, why is this so opposed? I don't know that we've done a podcast series it's been more directly and obviously opposed than this one. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. confusion, the lost thoughts. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is with that? Mm
1: -hmm. It's clearly opposed, definitely. I, I think the other thing, John, as I've thought about it is we just don't often think of kind of the core assumptions that are beneath every decision and all how we live and to sit down and try and put words to them, you know, it's, it's not something we do often. So opposed mm-hmm. and an exercise, really.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: As I walked away from last time, Craig, I found myself wishing I'd
0: asked you this. When you hear worldview, what comes to
1: mind? When you hear we're going to do a series <laughs> on worldview? Well, it reminds me of um, probably some required course in seminary. Right. And uh, a little kind of theoretical and, and you know, how many angels can fit on the head of a pen. In and of itself, it doesn't draw me.
0: It's fascinating, gang. I mean, I used to teach this um, to college students, but there's something about even just the phrase worldview that immediately conjures a certain kind of Christianity, a certain tone, a certain approach that, frankly, is really unattractive. Don't know all the reasons for that. They feel like they're truths detached from life. Mm-hmm. They they don't feel like they're connected to the heart. That they're primarily from the head. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like those books about knowing God. You know, and mm-hmm. they give you seventeen attributes of the characteristics of the Almighty.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: and while they may be true, mm-hmm. they don't they don't sound anything like Jesus. Mm-hmm. they don't sound anything like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and so gang, that's why we're we're trying to come at this to help you think about the way you think about life. We're going to try and come at this from the angle of how does Jesus look at things? How does he look at gender? How does he look at at life and death issues, you know? How does he look at justice, community, church? God, you know, what What are the assumptions Jesus is operating from? Because as Peter said, I mean, he's got the words of life. With the help of Jesus's assumptions, if we uncover more and more of our own that we're operating mm-hmm. from, man, I think we're going to be set free by him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: So today's conversation, um, we wanted to start with um, what is life about? And what are the assumptions that we bring to that? Just what's life about? You know. Why are we here? What are we doing? What's a good life? You know, he lived a good life. You'll hear that in in uh, eulogies or in someone remembering grandpa or grandmother, you know, she lived a good life. What do we mean by that? Mm-hmm. What what are the assumptions? And Craig, your suggestion was let's start kind of with our own. Let's start with assumptions of of people and then let's look at what are Jesus' assumptions about? What's life about? Mm -hmm. And let me start by throwing this story out. Um, Wintertime is cabin fever time for me in Colorado. By about the seventh month, I just start climbing the walls and – I love being outside in any context, uh, beach, mountains, rivers, lakes, desert. It doesn't really matter. I just prefer to be outside. So in the winter, what I normally do is pull out the National Geographic videos, you know, the Planet Earth series and just to get some beauty. and, and uh, All right. So I was watching fly fishing videos. And these guys are, you know, going all over the world to these amazing fly fishing destinations, Kamchatka, Russia, and, you know, off the coast of Belize and down in the Seychelles off Madagascar. Dream trips, you know, once in a lifetime trips. And over and over again, the guys in the video, you know, who are... Just having these phenomenal adventures and, and yucking it up with one another and, you know, the best boats, the best gear on, you know, water that no one's fished for a century. Over and over again, the phrase was this. I'm living the life. I'm living the life. You know, how you doing today? i oh, living the life. And I thought, bingo. That's it. Like if we wanted an entree point into what people think life is about. Just take that popular expression that gets tossed around quite a bit in our Mm -hmm. culture right now, that Mm -hmm. little buzz phrase, living the life. Mm
1: -hmm. And what does that mean, John? What is being said? I
0: think it's this. I think it's this. I have discovered a way to reduce all of my problems to a small and manageable size. Mm -hmm. And I've discovered a way in which to maximize pleasure. Mm -hmm. And then you can just kind of pleasure whatever that means for the particular individual. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one person, it's just don't bother me. I just want in the freedom to read, you know, mm-hmm. leave me alone. Another person, it's adventure and I'm mm-hmm. out on the edge of the kayaking world or the surfing world. You know, another mm-hmm. person, it's it's European travel. Mm-hmm. N- details aside, I found a way to minimize Hassles, problems to a manageable size,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I found a way to maximize pleasure. I'm living the life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: By the way, I hate that phrase.
1: Uh-huh. Okay. I think it's sick. Uh-huh. And I think it's exposing. Yeah. Now, forgive me, but I've got to say, what's wrong with that? <laughs> exactly. Minimizing <laughs> your problems. Maximizing your joy. I mean there's some part of me that's going. Huh. Uh.
0: Exactly. I saw the look on your face while I was doing this little this little introduction and you're like, and I, that's wrong. <laughs> look at the magazines you get. Mm -hmm. I I think this would be another really helpful thing. You guys get catalogs. I'm sure. Everyone does. You get inundated with these things. I mean, especially around Christmas time. But, I mean, the marketing catalogs, whether it's, you know, uh, for wine and cheese or for Mm -hmm. home furnishings or, you know, if you get on some mailing list, they kind of figure out, oh, you're fashion or you're, oh, you're the gardener or, you know, you're the outdoor guy. Every single one of these catalogs is absolutely the same. Describe the world Describe the world that you find yourself longing for Mm -hmm. as you look at those catalogs.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, for me, order, um, beauty, joy, it's attainable. It can be had.
0: Oh, that's the offer.
1: Yeah. And um, here's where it is direction, Mm. you know. Mm
0: and those are the longings that it stirs but when you compare it to your current experience what does that produce
1: mm-hmm. well the appeal of those magazines those ads those commercials is that um it's appealing to a longing that is either partially fulfilled not fulfilled at all or isn't even identified you know isn't even named uh, I see the woman on television. I see the, the beautiful meal. I see the happy people. I mean, that's speaking to something I long for and want more of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And when we don't get it, we're angry, mm-hmm. we're frustrated, we're disappointed. Mm-hmm. The thing about living the life, if that's your worldview, if that's what you think life is about, it'll break your heart. Mm-hmm. That's the setup. The longings are good. The longing Mm -hmm. for beauty, the longing for order, the longing for everything to be as it ought to be. That's what those catalogs describe. Mm -hmm. Everything is as it ought to be, Mm -hmm. whether it's the garden, the -hmm. workshop, you know, your sports team, your fantasy sports team. You know, the message in all of those catalogs and shows and magazines and stuff is the exact same thing. Everything is as it ought to be. And when you think life is about that, that that's what we're here for in this particular moment in time on this earth, it's going to break your heart. And I just need to pause and say, that's why we're doing this series. This isn't an act of philosophical conjecture. I mean, the convictions that you hold about life are either going to bring you to life or they're Mm -hmm. going to destroy you. Mm -hmm. One or the other. And the allure of that is so unbelievably powerful. Mm -hmm.
1: So the assumption is, John, that – break that down. The assumptions is that – Well, i want to ask you. What
0: do you think most of your neighbors think life is about? Um, what are their core assumptions?
1: Yeah. I think – and I include myself here, <laughs> just my neighbors. I think that uh, whatever it means to be alive, whatever it means to have life – I think is possible on my own, apart from God. It can be achieved. It will bring ultimate deep satisfaction, and it can be found and embraced and grasped, and God isn't part of that equation.
0: Right. Right. So maybe assumption one, life can be found apart from God. Mm -hmm. God's optional to Mm -hmm. that. I just think that's huge to be able to admit it, confess it, say it. Um, there's something in the human race, and unfortunately, I think something still deep within all of us that says life can be found and God's optional. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if we do believe in God, frankly, a lot of that believing is, and God is my assistant in making life happen. Mm-hmm. God's not life. Mm-hmm. God is the means to making my life work. And again, I want to add here and now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. dang it. I'll keep this G-rated for the uh, family audience. That's not what we feel inside. It's a much stronger expression. But, uh, you know, there's this thing in us that says life can be found. I'm going to make it happen with or without you, mm-hmm. and meaning anyone and everyone, right? Mm-hmm. My spouse, if you're no longer making life work for me, you're out of here. Mm-hmm. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. God, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, my church— Whatever it is, my group of peers, you know, there is a life I want, and the core assumption is it can be had, and God's optional to that. And thus, people angry at God, you know, how could he allow, why did he let, you know, those things, the resentment toward God that we feel, the frustration.
1: It's incomprehensible to most of us that God isn't centrally concerned about our happiness. I mean, we just assume my assumptions are God's purposes and realities mm. and stuff. Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah, And We're not talking about pagans, John. We're talking no. about all of us.
0: A number of years ago now, um, Brent Curtis, who I wrote The Sacred Romance with, was killed in a climbing accident. And up until that point in my life, that was the... That was the most brutal, heart-wrenching, horrible experience that I had ever gone through. Um, up to that point, I had not lost a parent yet. Um, you know, I hadn't gone through physical suffering very much. Um, things have happened since then. But up to that point in time, that was awful. And one of the experiences of that kind of shattering of your world, however that shattering comes, a divorce, a a betrayal, a prognosis, um, however that shattering comes, it exposed so quickly to me what I thought life was about. And the thing is is that I – in my pain, I rushed to try and make life work. Mm -hmm. You know, I tried to assuage the ache in my soul through food. Through alcohol, mm-hmm. through intimacy with my wife, I tried, you know, through fishing, adventure, travel, anything, anything to mm-hmm. take away the ache. And nothing worked. And what I was so aware of in that was there is something desperate in the human soul that we are convinced, one, life is here and now or it's never. Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, we're just convinced in that. Life is here and now or it's never. Whatever (laughs) Christian, non-Christian, Buddhist, Muslim, you know, whatever your images of heaven may be, most of them are not enough to compel us to believe otherwise. Life is here and now or it's never, you know. And and something like life is pleasure. Mm -hmm. Life is pleasure. That that perfect meal that the catalog lays out, that perfect woman that the catalog lays out, that, mm-hmm. you know, perfect family, that perfect trip that the catalog mm-hmm. lays out, that wonderful summer family vacation. Ooh. That's mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Yeah. We deeply
1: believe this. Yeah. Yeah. I can't unpack it all right now, John, um, because it's just in the moment, but— um, to suggest that life isn't primarily about pleasure seems like such a violent <laughs> redirection. Mm-hmm. It's it just what world are you talking about?
0: Yeah. I know. I know. I know. I know. And gang, as you're listening along with us, what we're trying to explore is our core assumptions yes. of what we think life is about. And another way of getting at this is what pisses you off? Mm -hmm. When you are furious, someone or something has stepped between you and your pursuit of life. Mm -hmm. So just notice what it
1: is. Mm -hmm. What fries you? Oh, it's so exposing. Say more about that, the way you put that. My anger, frustration – is an indicator that something stands between me and what I am pursuing. What it's you think source. life is about.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Isn't it true? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness.
1: John, if well, that, go I, ahead. No, you because, still have
0: an expression on your face that's priceless. What are you feeling?
1: Um, I'm feeling the conflict of this assumption we're describing, how true it is of me. I'm feeling the conflict just on on the comment about pleasure. What flashes through my mind is, um, oh, yeah, there's things called courage. There's nobility and faith and love. There's these higher virtues and things that are to direct my life.
0: Self-sacrifice. Compassion.
1: And they may have nothing to do. With pleasure. So I was just feeling the conflict of being reminded Me too. again, John, that um, yeah, pleasure isn't the highest end in life.
0: And, Ging, I, I think we need to bring a little bit of clarity to this. As I was driving in today, I thought of two events. I thought of 9-11, and I thought of the horrible imagery of um, people jumping out of the – upper stories of the World Trade Center as the fire swept into the buildings and and um, just the horror of those hours and those days and you remember the country's you know, uprising of we will stop terrorism we will, we are done with this mm-hmm. it's gone yeah. it's gone The the bumper stickers were at the time we will never forget oh yes you have You've completely forgotten because you have a commitment yeah. to pursue life and it's around pleasure and it doesn't allow you to sustain other commitments. Yeah. We have forgotten. It made me think of um, Elie Wiesel, who uh, was a Jewish philosopher, theologian, won the Nobel Prize. He wrote a book called Night, and in it, he's describing his um, childhood experience of the Holocaust and of growing up in Eastern Europe as a Jew. And, Early in the book, he's describing that reports are coming back to his Jewish community um, of horrible things happening to Jews. The the ghettos, um, you know, the random searches, uh, seizures, arrests, persecution. Then reports started coming in of further things, you know, losing businesses, families broken up, and and then shootings, execution, the mysterious disappearance of Jews, and. What he is describing is throughout every single one of those reports, the Jewish community said, we refuse to believe it. Hmm. We refuse to believe it. We refuse to believe it. You know, we're not onto human beings yet and our assumptions about human beings. But if you want to understand people, you have got to understand that there is something in us that refuses to face reality. Hmm. We just refuse it. And here in this area, what we think life is about, we just do not want this disrupted. His community was eventually, you know, ghettoed and then split up and then taken to the concentration camps. And I mean, until they got on the trains, they refused to believe that it was happening. There's just this stubborn commitment Mm -hmm. in us. You know, we may say we will never forget, but we're just committed to other things. You bet we've forgotten terrorism. You bet we have. We're irritated with it now, yeah. you know, w- with having to deal with it. We want to get back to what we think life is about, and what we think life is about is pleasure yeah. as we define it.
1: Yeah. As you're talking, I'm thinking, actually, all my favorite movies and stories are stories of sacrifice. It isn't ecstatic joy. <laughs> it's, it's not the, my – Favorite characters aren't reaping joy. They're dying for something noble, giving yes. themselves. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. Now, what's interesting, John, is what are Christ's assumptions? It, it seems like he is about joy and is about addressing problems.
0: Yeah, and- I know. I know. But I think, first off, the huge difference is he's absolutely convinced that life is not possible without God. Mm-hmm. hmm And we're not. Mm -hmm. We're not. God is an assistant to our pursuit of life. God is not our life. Jesus looks at it as, oh, no, God is life, right? He tries to describe that in John 17. He says, to know you is life. I mean, simply to know you is life. We don't really think that. I think that's one of his core assumptions. I think he holds some very important assumptions about when pleasure will come. He says, in this world— you will have trouble. Mm-hmm. But take heart, I've overcome the world. And honestly, my reaction to that verse is, so? Mm-hmm. You've overcome the world. I'm still in the world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, I hate to admit it, but there's this part of me that goes, take heart, I've overcome the world. and It sounds irrelevant mm-hmm. to my current problems, issues, crises, and pursuit of pleasure. So I would say one of Jesus' other core assumptions is, That this life right now is not the life that you were made for. Mm -hmm. It's not the world as it was meant to be. Mm -hmm. And the pleasure that you long for because you were created for Eden is coming, Mm -hmm. but it's not now. And therefore, life can't primarily be about that right
1: now. Mm -hmm. That's good.
0: Oh, friends, there's just so much more to say. You can hear we're just getting warmed up on this. Thank you for joining us. Please tell your friends about the Ransomed Heart Podcast. Join us next time as we push into core assumptions about God, about people, about love, and, and on and on we go as we search for the way Jesus looked at life, because it's going to set us free. I'm John Eldridge, and you've been listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. And for more, come to our website, which is
1: ransomedheart.com.